This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. Greetings one and all. Thanks for joining me. I have a conversation with Soilworks Danish drum maestro Bastian Thursgaard to share with you. The catalyst for the conversation with Bastian is the launch of a new album from Soilwork titled Over Given Heaton. Throughout this conversation, of course, we talk about the album, but something which is just as prominent and notable for Bastian is his approach to session work and also drum. He's a drum educator. Before we dive into the conversation, I'd like to share a tune with you. This one is, of course, from Over Given Heaton. It is titled Dreams of Nowhere, and once it is done, we'll dive into the chat. Let's go.
How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. How, how have the calls been going in support of the album? It's been uh, very great. I think uh, people seem to be happy about the new songs, and uh, we got to play a few uh, festivals this year as well, playing the new songs. So um, that's been great. Yeah, it's always nice when you can get the new songs out there. What's the reaction been like from your perspective? Of uh, have people been acknowledging the new songs? Has they been cheering for them? Yeah, I think they have. Uh, it's always interesting because you see, like, usually uh, there are a few uh, top comments that are sometimes bragging a little bit. Uh, like they want they want us to go more old school or whatnot. But um, yeah, but still from from the streaming numbers and everything it seems like people are really taking the new stuff so yeah so that's good and, and playing those songs live is uh, yeah it's really it's been great as well mm-hmm. so no fair enough yeah look you did play uh, correct me if i'm wrong but i think you played on um a wisp of the atlantic certainly berkeley um but does it now mm-hmm. feel like as though you are like you're part of the setup with the group do you feel part of the band Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, me, yeah. I don't know if I can say too much, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I sure feel like a part of the band. Absolutely. How does it work then in terms of songwriting contributions and sharing your ideas? Or, um, did David and do to speak? Do they actually encourage you and invite you to share your perspective on how songs should be written? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, I usually work a little different with uh, David than I work with Bjorn. Um, David and I have more of like a communication going on, uh, approaching the studio. And um, he would send me demos that are like in a rough uh, form or so. And then usually I ask him to just give me the pulse, basically. So I know if he thinks of the guitarist as like a fast, freshy song or more of a melodic uh, slow song or whatever. So so I'll try to work around that. And then I have a lot of freedom to come up with my my parts and my take on, it, on the songs. And um, Bjorn usually have some like rough ideas. Um, 
and but also acknowledges like my input to the songs and this time around he wrote all his songs in the studio and uh, there was a bit uh, there was a new approach for me it was really fun actually but it was something like getting the demo uh, the night before and then the next morning i would uh, work on my drum pass and then have a sit down with bjorn and then we were like so is this uh, what we're we going to record and then we went for it so so for his songs it was really like a fresh uh, uh, how do you say like um, fresh impression for uh, for me drum wise so it's really interesting to record like that yeah fair enough yeah hey are you in a night flight orchestra as well uh no no uh bjorn and david and but uh, rasmus our new bass player he's been filling in for them as well okay yeah yeah the, the the line between the two groups is increasingly blurred i'm finding in that uh yeah the, the melody is coming through because i've spoken to speed a bunch of times and, and and david too i've spoken to david once but certainly bjorn or speed i've spoken to a bunch of times about the groups what i always find intriguing about having two having two prominent groups and spearheading two prominent groups is how do you separate the ideas and, and that's mm-hmm. what i mean by i can certainly hear uh, and I'm, I'm undoubtedly going to mispronounce the name of the album, but it's uh, Overgiven Heaton. Is that correct? Yeah, it's close enough. Overgiven Heaton, okay, I would say, but it, yeah, it's Swedish and Danish. <laughs> oh, Zara, you're Dane. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. 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 Right. How, how are you guys, uh, guys going to sort out your World Cup preferences then? Sorry? How are you guys going to sort out your soccer football World Cup preferences? Ah, uh, it's it's easy because the Swedes they care about uh, soccer. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Denmark are pretty good these I days, guess. I think, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I heard. I like. I get, got a message. Uh, I think it was two days ago from a friend. He was yeah. like, "Hey, uh, Spain is going to destroy you." And then I replied, "Today, like, are we playing?" <laughs> so oh, well. uh, I miss oh, well. it all. <laughs> Oh, well, you got the drums to focus on, and you, you're pretty bloody good yeah. at it. It's got to be said. So, <laughs> you are. Hey, you. How, how's blastable drumming going? It's slow, but uh, it's um, yeah. That was what I expected to say the least. Because um, yeah, it's a new thing, and you have to convince people to to give it a shot. And uh, but I have active members in there, and uh, it's been really fun to get some feedback from the users and. Uh, yeah, so it's it's going to be interesting to uh, to sort of get into the this a set routine because uh, right now it's been like a lot of album campaign and yep. did festivals for the first time in two years and I launched that so <laughs> so I'm trying to to find the the right balance in it all but uh, I'm happy that I finally uh, got to the point where I could uh, launch it for sure. Yeah. Well, I'll make an observation. 30 years old isn't strictly that young, but it's certainly not that old either. When you were talking to your family and your parents about about focusing and dedicating so much of your time on drums and percussion rather than, say, a, a career in, you know, engineering or economics, that sort of thing, were they perceptive? Yeah, I mean, they have always been really supportive. Um, I'm also out of a quite musical family. So, like my father, he's been a guitar teacher his whole life, and uh, my siblings used to to play a lot as well. And my 
My older sister, she has a degree at the like music conservatory. Okay. As a pianist, so so it, it was always something that was quite close uh, to me and my family. But um, I'm the only one though uh, who went for it like a hundred percent. Yes. But there's always been a lot of uh, understanding and. I guess it also made, made more sense when I got to the point where I was like, so I'm going to South America now for two weeks <laughs> and to tour. And uh, yeah, so, but they've been out seeing the shows uh, a lot of times also. And yeah, yeah it's always something special. I bet, I bet it's fantastic. Yeah, especially touring South America. I mean, one of the only places that's as far flung from Sweden as Australia is South America. So how did you find that tour? That was uh, quite interesting. It was like uh, like my first real tour, I think, with Sauber, uh in the very beginning. Um, and I never really traveled that much uh, before starting with Sauber, so it was uh, quite interesting to fly for I don't know how long uh, <laughs> and then tour South America. It was funny, though, because uh, we flew to uh, Rio and then the band forgot me at the airport. <laughs> Nice. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> they they yeah. just forget they had a drummer, did they, or something else? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was like I, I told one of the. I guess everyone was jet lagged, and the, I told the one of our crew guys, uh, "Hey, so I'm going to the bathroom. We'll quick. Don't leave." <laughs> and then I, I came out, and there was no band, and they were like, "Yeah, I guess they couldn't park here." Then I went up the street and then I realized, okay, they left. Oh my God. <laughs> so I tried to, tried to call a few of them. And then when I got a hold of the, it was the guitar tech. I could just tell from his voice, like he was annoyed with me for calling because I was in the same car and he probably wanted to sleep or something. Oh <laughs> and then uh, I, I explained the situation and he was like, excuse me, driver, can we return? We forgot our drama. And then I just heard, the entire car crack up like laughing <laughs> so it was fun it was fun but uh, after yeah, that call I, I took a selfie and sent to my family saying arrived safely but uh, got left behind <laughs> it's not a bad place to be stranded Rio is it yeah yeah I mean uh, yeah it could be English worse. will do most of the time but the uh, also, I guess uh, Spanish would be better or something, but uh, I know yeah. that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, um, yeah, Spanish, Portuguese, English, you know, it's all sort of language mm -hmm. in that part of the world, isn't it? Less so English, but yeah. 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 So so you, you are an educator as well. We, we've talked about blastable drumming. Um, mm -hmm. what, are the, what are the most common questions that you answer from students? I think there is a lot uh, about like technique, foot technique, hand technique, uh, and endurance and speed, of course. And I know it's uh, it's a big part of playing in like most metal subgenres, um, and it's a it's a ne necessary evil, I would say, because of course you have to have great technique so you don't destroy yourself or get injured. Um, but also, it's uh, much more interesting i think to not be as focused on the actual speed and endurance but like be focused on how can you complement a band and how can you 
be creative within those uh, techniques. So uh, that's something I'll always try to inspire a little bit. Because uh, I would say those are the most common questions, like uh, foot technique, hand technique. Yeah. Who, who you're, I reckon from the sounds of things, you could probably play any style you want. So why metal? I mean, uh, I think there was just something about the energy in uh, in that genre. Um, I do play a little bit of other genres, but I I could uh, improve drastically, <laughs> I would say. Um, but it, it was like I, I started learning like uh, more all-round music, and uh, and then it was something like uh, my uh, back to my father being a guitar teacher one of his students was uh, in a metal band and uh, and they played a gig in my town and, and then the next day i just bought a double pedal because i was completely mind blown so <laughs> so i guess it was just uh, yeah attending one of those uh, shows that really started it and uh, yeah I, I think there's there's an, another level uh, of intensity in in this genre that I really like. Yeah, yeah that's great. And what, were there any drummers in big bands like Peter Sandoval from Morbid Angel that you you especially favoured as well? I mean, I think like I was a little bit slow into the like all the icons and uh, and yeah, all those drum heroes. Uh, maybe because I'm not super old or something uh, yet i don't know <laughs> but uh yeah but it was i was i was maybe a late bloomer like uh with all those uh drum legends so some of them i i'm still discovering these days and and it's really cool but but i was like uh, very inspired of another danish drummer called uh modern Lue. he's in the amaranth now okay but he was like uh like at that time, he was like in several death metal bands, and he had something that no one else had, I think. And um, and also dramas like uh, obviously Dirk Buren and and uh, Peter Wildor as well from Ducky. Mm -hmm. Those were some of the like main influences, I think. Yeah, do you know Dirk at all? Uh, yeah, I mean, I know him. I first met him at a, like a tour lesson. Uh, when they were coming through Denmark, that was sort of how I got to know him, and uh, and then after that, I, I basically we kept in touch uh, over maybe two years or so. Um, he was always really kind to like guide me through uh, some stuff because uh, <laughs> I guess him coming from uh, Belgium and he had to travel out to pursue his uh, his dreams, and uh, also being in Denmark, it's not very big here. The metal genre, so you have to sort of look <laughs> across the borders. Um, luckily, it seems like there's something uh, something happening now in Denmark. But at the time where I was growing into it, it was uh, there was not much. Um, so you're sort of like like a mentor, I guess. Um, and then all of a sudden, he just asked me to fill in for him when he was going out with Megadeth. So. Yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a lovely <laughs> fella, actually. I've spoken to him yeah. once, but it was a long conversation, and he just struck me as being very humble and down to earth. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, for his station these days, I mean, he's playing good. I mean, it wouldn't. I don't think. I don't think it's easy for any musician to work with Dave Mustaine, but I especially think for the drummer, it's challenging. 
Um, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how he does it. I mean, he's clearly got the right mindset and the uh, temperament mm. is the key word, I think, for it. Yeah. Would you um, – I mean, soil work and working with Bjorn and David's fantastic, but um, do you aspire to – you know, if, I'm just saying, for example, if a Megadeth or a Slayer or somebody like that – I mean, I know Slayer are off the grid these days, but – if they knocked at your door and they wanted you to audition, would you do it? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I mean, it's perhaps it depends on the situation because uh, if everything would work out, uh, I think I, I would. But uh, at the same time, I also really feel that the soil work was like I have other bands. Uh, next to Solberg, but but for me Solberg was always the band that allowed anything pretty much. So everything what I brought into music and wanted to do with music was something that I could uh, realize in, in Solberg. So on, on the creative side of, of things, uh, I would say it's uh, the most perfect fit for me. But obviously making a living out of it and, and uh, uh, yeah, business side of thing, things. Uh, I also do session stuff. Session. So, yeah, if if uh, if everything worked out, I'm uh, I'm sure it would be something to pursue. Yeah. Hey, did you did you play drums, session drums on that Abbott album, the most recent one? Uh, no. That was no, pretty. I think was. Oops. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. 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 Have, you, have you been asked just with scheduling conflicts? I know we're talking about the session side of things here, but due to commitments with soil work, have you uh, have you been asked to participate in sessions like with Abbott, but unable to do so? Uh, no, I mean, there has been some like interest for. Uh, some bands, I don't know if I can mention it, but, but <laughs> I mean, but, but there has been, but not like uh, people going directly after me. It was more sort of like, we're going to ask a bunch of guys and then my schedule yeah, didn't work out so well. But, um, but yeah, that's the thing. It's always uh, very, yeah, it can be hard to uh, make everything work with schedules and yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. But I reckon you're the bloke. Have you heard of – oh, look, you hear these rumours. God knows I've done enough conversations and I've talked about this a little bit. But um, you hear rumours of the guys in Green Day not playing on their albums and bringing in session musicians to do it, guys like you, to come in mm -hmm. and, and when – because, when, you know – People are busy or what have you, and they think, well, we've only got a week to do the drum, so we might as well bring in a session gun like Bastion rather than have Trey Cool do it, this sort of thing. But um, have you heard of that? Have you heard of that going on? And has there been any conversations with you about maybe doing that sort of work? Um, no, actually, I'm quite surprised that you mentioned uh, Green Day for this. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, that's not the best news, I guess. <laughs> But, yeah. um, I mean, uh, yeah, I've heard like on some productions that, uh, that they need to bring in some, someone because usually time is limited and they, they need someone to nail everything. Um, 
but no, I, I haven't personally been approached to be like a problem solver in some some other <laughs> production. Well, drumming, I think it's very common. It, it, of course, it would be because it's probably the hardest thing to get right in the studio, as you know. I reckon, I reckon studio, or you know, not so much studio sessions these days because a lot of it's done remotely. But getting the drums right is crucial. It's like uh, Dean Castronovo stepping in for Hole's drummer back in nineteen ninety eight, but he was actually credited then. But I mean, that must be so common. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it, I, I'm sure it happens a lot because. Um, yeah, and especially with drums, it's it's a tough instrument to both play and record also. And I think also it has a lot to do with the producer you're working with. Yeah. Uh, like we've grown really tight with uh, Thomas Blake Johansson, who did the last two albums and, and the EP. Mm. And um, this last time uh, for this recording, we also, I had a conversation with him saying like, it's, it's like he's the... He's an extension to our musicianship in the band because he really gets what we want to do and he his overview of things is insane. Because like what I prefer when I'm in the studio tracking is is um, usually I come in really prepared. So for me it's just to get it over with. I love to be in the studio, but I also love to get it done. <laughs> yeah, so um, so yeah. for for me it's like doing a a few good takes and then sometimes we have some stuff we need to improvise more and and uh, that's where i can lose my overview of things so i have to check with him like do we have it and then if we have it he's gonna tell me and uh, mm. and then yeah we'll make something something good out of it yeah fair enough yeah hey look i'll, I'll make this my final question for you have you been to australia yeah i was there um yeah, before the pandemic, I guess in uh, was that twenty twenty maybe. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I was there last time. Then um, and now returning uh, this November. Oh, you are okay, okay. Gosh, has that been announced yet? If I've missed it, apologies. But you're coming back in November with soil work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have five shows in November. Why haven't I found out about that one yet? Gosh, I must have missed the email if that's if that's the case. That's great. That's fantastic because I'll be at yeah. those shows. Yeah, yeah, nice. It was uh, yeah, it was just recently announced. Okay, gotcha. But, uh, Sorry, yeah, I thought it wouldn't. Yeah, because yeah. I get so many emails these days, and uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah and yeah, everyone was... is going out again, so I can imagine the the inbox. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's it's been. Um, it's not been the inundation that I thought it was going to be, to be frank, okay? Mm -hmm. And I don't know whether that's because the venues are asking for too much money or the promoters are putting up that much money or what have you at the moment. But, I mean, before the pandemic, I've got to say, it was ridiculous. We had like two or three bands a week coming through yeah. town. It was about that much. So you were, you literally had to choose just based on how much time you had. If you're a young guy, I didn't have a family. I've got a family. So I'm, mm. I'm lucky if I can go out sort of once a month. But, yeah. I mean, if you were really connected to the scene and wanted to see all of the bands that were coming through, mate, your your bank balance was really going to suffer. You know? Yeah, yeah, I can imagine it's, it's uh, crazy sometimes. Well, I, I guess remember, we're going to see it all over. Yeah. Well, I remember as a kid, you'd be lucky if one good band came through town once a year. You know, like yeah. in the in the nineties, <laughs> Megadeth came through in like oh, 
they didn't even come through in the 91 or something like that. And I mean, that was even slightly before my time, you know, 91, I was too young back then. But the point is, you know, when Sepultura, or I distinctly remember when Sepultura and Pantera toured 1994, that was the mm. biggest two tours of that year. And and yeah, that was it. There were a few other um, bands that toured around that time, but you distinctly remembered that these days you've got bands of the quality of Pantera and Sepultura like you guys, like Soilwork, touring almost once a once a fortnight, once a month. And I think we'll get back into that groove again. So mm-hmm. I hope the there's all sorts of logistical issues, as, you, as you've probably seen, supply chain logistical issues and, bag- yeah. and and baggage being lost and all this sort of stuff as the airline industry scramble to make sense of themselves after being out of business for two years. So I hope it all sort of works out, yeah. Yeah, so I can tell you, like, logistic-wise, uh, it's, it's a rough summer. <laughs> Like oh. with the strikes and the lost luggage and everything. Luckily, we only yeah we took the the hits on the way back home from festivals. Uh, oh, so is that far. right? So far, yeah. yeah. So yeah, because it would yeah, it's crazy to think of. Like if you have a canceled flight to the show, then there's not not much to do. And yeah, luckily for us, it's been uh, on the way back. <laughs> It's not it's not that joyful either, but at least we got to play the show. So Yeah, there's been a few bands affected by that. I know I know Catatonia were affected by it on a festival on a festival appearance recently. So it's yeah. um it's pretty common at the moment. And what can you do? I mean you can't fly in a week before, can you? You've got to fly in the morning of or the night of, that sort of thing. Just for yeah, scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been fantastic to have a chat, mate. Congratulations on doing yeah, it. You yeah. know. Um, on being a drummer, uh, great drummer. I have a feeling, mate, you're going to, I, I understand that, you know, Over Given Heaton is a great album, Soil Work is a great band, but I think we'll be seeing a lot more of you and other bands down the, down the line. So I look forward to having a chat with you later about them as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for seeing me. Thanks, brother. All the best with it. You too. Lovely chat. Thanks, mate. All no right, worries. Fine. Okay, catch ya. There he is, ladies and gents. What a fantastic fella. Bastian Thurskard, the Danish drum maestro, currently on the tools with soil work. If you enjoyed that conversation, there are many more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. If you like listening to the podcast, maybe you'll like reading about it as well because I've written a book. Click on the link in the banner and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice you can download a sample and if you do complete the purchase hit me up because i want to thank you personally and on that note here's a little bit more about the book but before i let you go my name is andrew mckay smith and i'm the host of the scars and guitars podcast series until next time have a great one This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith. I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel, and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal, and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara, 
talking about Cold Chamber and why the band will never return. You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me. Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words there. Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I, I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved. Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment. I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs. Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silent Oz from Demu Borgir write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, then it's all cool. If the guys want to be backstage, then it's not going to be cool. Current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material. Read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then-President Donald Trump. We have this idiotic monster, you know, this egotistical, self-aggrandizing, complete piece of shit in there. I, 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 just, I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place. And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. Percussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner. Chuck was always, um, you know, he was... He was very, you know, very open-minded, and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had. Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five, and Manson gave me that name, and um, I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration, and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.